0: Well, good morning. Welcome back to the broadcast for Timer Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Thursday, August thirty first, twenty twenty three. At our top story today, the IRS delays the implementation of Secure 2.0's Roth catch-up contributions. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, David Levine is a principal with Groom Law Group. That's an employee benefits law firm based in Washington, D.C. David, it's always great to see you. Thanks so much for making time for us this morning. Great to be here, Jeff. Thank you for having me. All right, let's talk about this uh, this IRS decision to postpone rule, a rule Uh, related to Secure 2.0. First, let's talk about what the rule is, and then we can talk about the why. Sure. The rule basically is when
1: Secure 2.0 was enacted, one of the provisions that was added was that for people who have over $145,000 in FICA, think like Social Security, shorthand version, but FICA wages uh, for the prior year with that employer, They any catch-up contributions they make in in the next year with that employer need to be done on a Roth after-tax basis. Sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? Yeah. I guess the devil is in the details because switching between Roth and pre-tax and having people automatically move is is the challenge because A, some plan sponsors don't have Roth in their – in their 401k, 403b, 457 style plans at this point, number one. Number two, so some of them use different methodologies for contributions. In some cases, sponsors will give you two choices. They'll say my regular contribution and my catch-up contribution. I won't get into the weeds of how that sorts out at the end of the year. But some use something called a spillover, one choice. So I keep. I say I want to put Ten percent of my salary in, or twenty percent, and once I hit the maximum on non catchups, it automatically spills over into catchups. It's really easy if you can always do pre-tax or pre-tax catchups or Roth to Roth ketchups. But once you're in a world where it has to be Roth ketchups, the complexity is mind-numbing at times.
0: Yeah, and and you you bring up the uh, the, the the rationale as to as to what it is. But there has been industry push, pushback. We'll get to the IRS in a second. Don't want to leave our friends at sure. the IRS out. But why the pushback from the industry? Notable organizations that represent different constituencies have all said, hey, we need, we need more time to systematically implement this. Absolutely. Well, we are sitting here and
1: we're right basically on the doorstep of the fall at this moment. And to implement this, there's a couple different issues. And this is what brought the industry together across all segments. From a record keeper standpoint, record keepers do a lot for a lot of plans like the, because, and third-party administrators. And, and they can say, oh, if you've hit $145,000 in compensation, or if you had $145,000 in compensation the prior year as FICA wages, catch-ups need to be raw. They can do a lot of that but they don't always have all the data feeds set up. So what that takes is actually data from a lot of employers payroll, which is yet another third party. There's a lot of third party payroll companies. Most people don't do their own payroll. They have to send certain information. What were FICO wages the year before? Because a lot of plans don't use that for definition of compensation. How do you know when people fit those limits? What are people's elections? How are you going to communicate to people that, oh, you said pre-tax catch-ups, but now it's automatically going to be Roth. All these different pieces are incredibly difficult between the payroll company. How do you report the taxation? Because remember, the employer needs to report Roth contributions as taxed income. How do you withhold on it? All these nuances, and you can see I'm going down the rabbit hole, Jeff, are so messy. And everybody's been saying, Let's wait till the IRS tells us how this works. The IRS is still figuring it out, which is why it's so great. They gave us this two-year relief to basically say, look, we're going to sort it out. We want comments. You're not going to be blown up if you don't get it working for next year. And that is huge. That's why employers care, because it could affect their payroll. It could affect their messaging. Payroll companies care because they got to do software builds. Record keepers care because they may have to feed data. Everybody cares in this process.
0: Yeah, and I liked it. By the way, David, I liked on the on the heels of the of the cusp of the football season, you did this, which means it was a catch. It's inbounds. So for the IRS, I think you were signaling that's a good catch. It's inbounds. David, I want to take a very quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what plan sponsors, record keepers, and what even participants can do while we're waiting for the systems to be updated. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Well, David, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number 2 this morning. Thanks for having me. I I know this is a messy topic, so it's great to be here. It is a messy pop topic, but an important topic, and I I think people get kind of get really can get through this conversation Uh, a a really interesting perspective and appreciate all the work that has to be done. David, let's talk about, let's talk about system, uh, systems and third party administrators and record keepers. What do you do? You've got this two year reprieve, I'll call it, where you have a little bit more time. Uh, What do you suppose that they're going to do with the two years? What do they need to do to get ready for Roth catch up?
1: I think there's the number one thing is as I said it before the break, two pieces, well, number one becomes number two, sorry, two things here. I think they're going to need to sort out data feeds, what data elements they need to have. Do they, the, clearly the FICA compensation, how that flows. But But then there's a more macro number two, it's how do they get things through the payroll companies? Because a lot of it runs through the payroll systems of the big payroll companies. So the idea is how do they report back? Because the record keepers a lot of the time are the ones who track, have you hit this limit? Have you not hit this limit? But not always. How do they get all those systems aligned through the intermediaries and get the data flowing and test it? They're going to be spending their time building it. Plus there are still open items out there at this point that they, that, that need to be resolved. And I think the record keepers are going to want that. I can tell you, Ever since Friday, the guidance came out Friday afternoon, I already have clients. We're working on comments already on this discussion. Why? Whether you're a governmental plan that's not subject to Social Security and doesn't have FICA wages, or whether you're dealing with a multiple employer plan and, and the special rules about unrelated employers in the plan, how do you put everything together? All these different things are going to be items that the record keepers need to build a solution and they have to test to make sure it works back to the plan sponsor. So I think that's where they're going to be spending a lot of their time. Comments, but also building where there is some certainty.
0: Yeah. And, and talk about the role here with the IRS. So they put out these this delay, for lack of a better term. Now there's going to be comments coming back in. There is this synergy that happens whenever new regulations come out, whenever there's comments. Uh, it's not just, hey, send all the comments. The IRS actually has to do some Digging and and education, they have to learn about how what to put into the new rule. Well, I would never
1: say that the IRS is uninformed. It's very interesting. There's there's uh, you know this is not supposed to be a political discussion, but there's different views of the IRS out there in the world, and I fu- and I fully acknowledge that yeah. in that discussion. Uh, but the IRS really knows a lot about catch ups. They the the t- the people who work there are very smart. They take the comments, they read every single one. Sometimes they will have hearings, they will do proposed regulations in greater detail like they refer to in the guidance. So they basically take it in, ingest proposed regulations, have more comments, they have hearings, and they and they meet with stakeholders and they listen to input. So that's what the IRS is going to be doing. And Eventually, they'll come up with rules because even though they gave us the two-year pass, there's a bunch of things they want to hear about. They want to hear about how some of these things will work operationally at this point. And I think at this point, that's where our engagement's going to be for the next year, is my,
0: is my thought with the IRS. Yeah, I, I agree. They, I mean, they, ha- they have to know so much about a lot of things. I think that was just a point that there's always a learning curve when it comes to like, hey, XYZ company, what are you, what are you doing systematically? Oh, could that be a best practice. Lastly, David, I want to ask, well, this is my second to last question. Let's talk about the participants, the consumers out there that maybe are interested in this provision. They've been reading and hearing, watching our program, listening to the Legal Eagles, uh, reading about this provision. In the two years leading up to the implementation, what, what should they be doing? Or will they be educated about this? Is that, is that what is part of this follow-up with the IRS?
1: Well, the IRS doesn't mandate specific education, but the basics of ERISA is you have to explain how your plan works. The, the requirements, there's a lot of talk about education being up here. It's actually any the, it's a very baseline level type of thing. But if you're a participant, there's a couple key questions to think about number right now. Number one, does my employer plan even have wealth contributions? That's a question that I think a lot of employers are going through. Like we have clients that don't. And I and they were planning on adding Roth, and they probably still will add Roth at some point here. But that's one. Does your plan permit it? Number two, what version of Roth? There's all these different flavors of Roth. The, Roth can be. They could say catch up contributions, and the IRS is gathering comments on this. It may be only for the people under over $145,000 who have who can do Roth. What if my plan doesn't have Roth? There's all these things to find out. And you may not know today, it's going to be a little while, what your employer is going to do. Also, you'll want to understand, are there things like in-plan Roth conversions, a whole other discussion where you can convert money to Roth. Number two, it's talk to your financial advisors, do your own research. Your plan is not going to give you financial advice on whether Roth is right or wrong for you. So this is a time for you to be saying, what does Roth catch-ups mean in my planning? Because I'm paying more taxes, so less take-home. And the IRS, even in its interim guidance, has said that if someone is switching to Roth catch-ups because they're above that $145,000 and they elected pre-tax, you can just switch them over. That was a whole question on that. But it's important for you to understand what's going to happen to you and when. That's the most important thing. So if you understand what your Roth feature is going to look like, What's going to happen and when? And from a planning standpoint, what does it mean to you? Those are the three items. But I know you had one other item, Jeff, so I won't take too long.
0: That was really good advice or or guidance, I would say, uh, or just perspective analysis. We'll use that word. It was really good analysis, David. That sounds good. I didn't want to say that you were giving advice. Uh, Analysis. But let's, I want to ask you so now we've got this in the books, Uh, we've got a two year reprieve. Um, What are you hearing in terms of? guidance, other guidance related to secure? Because this is something that we have talked with you and your colleague, Kevin Walsh, about the 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 industry waiting with bated breath on some of this guidance. We just got some. What about some of the other?
1: Well, that's a really good point, Jeff. First of all, everybody should say thank you to the IRS, what they put out. The IRS sometimes feels very constrained. They gave a very practical solution. So th- that's my thank you to the IRS. Thank you. Yep. Thank um, you. I think I think the Additional Secure 2.0 clearly is in process. There's different priorities. We know the DOL, we're not talking about them today, has their own list. I think we're still waiting on the grab bag. they have got all these distribution, special distribution rights, all these features, student loans coming in, into effect, you know, pension link, emergency savings account. I think we will see some of that as we head into the fall. I'll use the famous guidance word soon. I'd hope we'd see it in September, but... Any, anybody, any lobbyist, any lawyer who says that they know is making it up. So we'll have to see.
0: Yeah. And I think this is one step towards the clarity that all providers, everybody wants. David Levine, great to talk to you as always. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Thank you so much, Jeff. And thank you all for watching today. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Post. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Visit our website. We're back again tomorrow for another great edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. Don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the First Lifestyle and Wellness Network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.